we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Grace and mercy. The acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Savior means we are saved by his grace. Amen. Christ pardoned our sins. So we should exemplify God's grace by being merciful toward others. Most of, the time when, most of the time when we think of God's grace, we think about what he did for us. Having grace for us to come to him or having grace to forgive us our sins. And we use grace in that manner. But we never look at it as grace to pass on to someone else. Being gracious to someone else. Forgiving someone else. Letting them off the hook. Forever. That's what grace is. Because that's the grace that God has given us. Amen? Did he let you off the hook? How many of you he let off the hook? Forever. Amen. Said he cast your sins in the sea, never to remember them again. As far as the east is from the west. Do you know how deep that is? Far from the east to the west? That's a never ending loop is what it is. Is what it is. And that's how far away he cast your sins. He even exemplified it in the Old Testament by putting the sins of the people in a scapegoat and driving this goat away from the camp, ultimately over a cliff so that this goat could never be seen again to remind people of their sins. And that was an illustration of how God forgives us. That's the grace that he has uh, toward us. Well, that same grace. Look at somebody say that same grace. You have to exemplify that exact same grace. Yeah, but they did me like this. Grace. My father, I didn't even know him for 10, 15 years. Grace. Mm-hmm. How long was it before God knew you? Mm-hmm. Come on now. Preach. Grace. Yeah, we always want grace. But do we have grace to give? Ephesians 6 and 24, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus in sincerity. And Paul constantly said this all through his writings. Grace, grace be with you. Grace be with you. Why should grace be with you? Not just for the bad stuff you're going to do, but for the bad things others are going to do to you. Y'all don't look at me funny now. You know I'm on to something right here. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's grace to those that may harm you. Grace to those that may do you wrong. Grace to those that may persecute you. Grace to those that may talk about you. Grace to those that may hurt your feelings. It's grace. Amen. Because people don't even understand what grace is really about. It's not just about you getting off from God, but it's about you letting people off. Satan is vengeful toward mankind because he was abased and we were chosen by God. 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So Satan is vengeful toward us. This is why he's after you. He's after you because we were chosen and he was abased. Does that make sense? We were chosen by God, so the devil is mad. The devil is mad at you because you were made in his image and he wasn't. Amen? Amen. Wrath and vengeance are the opposite of grace and mercy. Amen. Why are there so many divorces in the church? If grace and mercy is there. Why is there so many uh, uh, wrathful people angry at their parents if grace and mercy is there? 
so-called Christians. Why are Christians walking around with illnesses because they've held anger and wrath in their bodies too long? Well, I mean, what are the fruits of the spirit for? If you're mad all the time. Yeah, just frown so long. Why? Because somebody hurt them. Somebody did them wrong. Somebody, and they carry that stuff around and have no grace and mercy. But wrath and vengeance are the opposite of grace and mercy. Grace is a gift of God and a reflection of his character. But wrath is of Satan. So grace is a gift of God. This is one of the gifts God can give to you. God can grant you grace so that you can have grace for others. Some of y'all, boy, when you was back in the world, somebody made you mad, you pulled out a switchblade. <laughs> but because God has changed us, we don't have to get mad at what people say. They're the ones that are lost. That's right. Amen. If they do us wrong, woe unto them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's, our, that's the change now. That's... But see, here's the problem. We, we, we're good at that. We're good at forgiving the stranger. But right at the holiday dinner table, there's somebody with your blood that you can't forgive. See, the church is just, I mean, we, 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 we've really messed this up. And I've said this before, but we have brotherly love out the window. I mean, we got so much brotherly love for the stranger. We want to bring the stranger in, dust him up, dust him off, clean him up, feed him, get him all ready, and then get him saved. I mean, we'll let him spend the night, bum off the street. Let's clean him up for Jesus, y'all. <laughs> but people we know in our own family, we're vengeful toward and carry wrath. Your own spouse. Yeah, clean up a bum. But won't take down for your own spouse and forgive them so your marriage can stay intact. Amen. I know I'm preaching. That's okay. Assuredly, the spirit of wrath is the enemy of grace. Ephesians 4 and 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure. What is this? According to the measure of the gift of Christ. Bitter belly. Wrath will always lead to what? Bitterness. Wrath will always lead to bitterness. Look at somebody and say, wrath will always lead to bitterness. Look at somebody and say, bitterness comes from wrath. Man, if you carry wrath, you will become bitter. Bitter people are no fun to be around. Because they can find wrong stuff in right things. They will find wrong in whatever it is. They'll find some wrong in it and dwell on it. I mean, shoot down everything. You show up with a new car. You got a new car. Well, them Fords, they ain't no good. Like, say, man, I saved all my life for this Taurus, man. What's wrong with you? Should have got a Chevy. Y'all know people like that now. That's just, that's somebody that's bitter. And what you need to realize is that's not your fault. You need to be able to look past what they're saying and say, you know what, somebody must have hurt you. Somebody must have hurt you. For you to always have something negative to say. Always. When we allow bad emotions to fester in our lives, this will lead to a bitter outlook of others and a displeasure with one's own self that's the second next to a bitter person that's the second worst person to be around is somebody that's not happy with themselves 
I mean just can't be content with nothing. Always talking, just down in themselves. And that's because of wrath. Wrath does that to you. See, the opposite of wrath, when God said, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, the opposite of that would be affirmation. Meaning a father would affirm a child. Amen? He will affirm a child. A father, a man affirms his daughter by words. He tells her how beautiful, how pretty she is. He tells her how smart she is. He tells her that she's, you know, that her virginity is a gift from God and it's for her husband. He, te- he tells her these things. That's affirmation because women need to hear it because they're emotional. And then he affirms his sons. He affirms his sons by, of course, telling them that they're this or that. But then he also puts his hands on his sons. I hug my son all the time. Me and him, are, we're, we're very physical like that. You know, we bump each other just, you know, that's affirmation. He needs that. He needs to understand that. And I hate this whole homosexual agenda thing because it makes men think that they can't be, you know, give each other dap. I can't hug on my son and that kind of thing. But I'm very affectionate toward him because I'm approving of him. He, that's, that's, that's my seed. You know what I'm saying? And that approval, he gets that approval from me. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're supposed to do. That's what a man does. Well, the opposite of that, when that's missing, is wrath because you you don't feel approved of. So you have to seek to try to approve or or be approved by others. That's the opposite of it. The young girl, you know, me telling my daughter this or that it is, now she has to hear it from Joe Blow on the street or something because she didn't hear it from her father. And so when she hears it, he, he, he's going to tell her that to try to seduce her or to, or, or to mess her mind up. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's missing. And that's where wrath comes from. And then that, that leads to a life of blame and blaming somebody. And man, if my father had been here, I would, this would have never happened. If my father had been here, this would have never happened. I would have never done this. I would have had this opportunity. I would have had this. And that whole thing builds up and becomes bitterness. And that bitter person is bitter deep, deep inside to the point that they can't even really see it in most cases. But it comes out in their language. It comes out in the way they carry themselves. It comes out. They seem like they always have something to prove. And it's just hard to connect with a brother like that. You know, you can't tell them nothing. And just always, they always know. And anything, hey, hey, brother, I think anything. I know, I know. Yep, yep, I know. And, oh, I don't like you. (laughs) This will lead to a bitter look of others so then you start picking everyone else apart finding flaws in everyone so that no one will look better than you yeah you can't give a compliment without tearing somebody down gotta always cut people down can't ever give them a good decent compliment and then you have and that 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 of course is a result of you being displeased with yourself and being discontent a lot of you are looking i get asked a lot each week. How do I? How, how do I find contentment? Well, you got to first start with you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Amen. You got to start with you, and you got to find peaceful ground with your family, some kind of way. Amen. Amen. Then you got to find peaceful ground with your in-laws. Amen. Because that's your family. Amen. I mean, you can't marry somebody and reject their family. See, the amen standing out on that part. You thought you could have him without his mom and daddy? You thought you could have her without her parents? No, boy. Unstirred the Kool-Aid now, huh? Yeah, we had some folk have to leave this church because I wasn't going to let them do that. No, you ain't going to do that. You ain't going to pick some surrogate parents and, and, and forget your own parents. 
That's not happening. And then I become the cult leader. Because I'm the one the parents calling. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 21 and 19. It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a, a contentious woman that can't ever be satisfied. Dwell in the wilderness like John the Baptist eat bugs. Then stay in a house with a woman you can't satisfy. Let me trying to push a man to get your life's dream. You better dream something else. I mean, love is not enough. Yeah. Love better be enough. Better be enough. Right. Yeah, man, I don't man want to be prodded and pushed for what you feel you should have. And, and you know what? The reason you want all that is because you ain't happy with yourself. Right. So let's make you overcome some kind of wrath you got towards somebody, your parents or whatever. Something was missing and you're trying to fulfill it through things. Yeah, right. Then once you get the things, you realize things don't do it. Amen. Amen. All these old, you got all the magazines with all the movie stars' clothes in your house. You need to throw those magazines away. You can't afford those clothes. Why are you looking at them? Why are you driving around in the neighborhoods looking at houses? That's just what I do. That's my part time. I just love to just go and look at the look at look at how the celebrities live. You need to drive through the ghetto so you can count your blessings. Might be going home. Can I tell the truth in here? What you doing? Hiking yourself up like that. Then come home looking at him. (laughs) He come here, what? 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 (laughs) Y'all know I'm telling, am I telling the truth? And put me in the wilderness fighting bears and lions. I'd rather fight that then deal with a woman I can't satisfy. Eating bugs. (laughs) Give me the bugs. Amen. Marry the right woman. Amen. And women learn to be the right woman. Can I teach you in here, ABC? I know I stepped on some crusty toes. Broke off some, some, some toenails. Look like pecan shells (laughs) bitterness has has an identifiable symptom desire to cause strife when recalling an injustice is a sure sign of bitterness let me say that again because somebody didn't understand a desire to cause mess stir up mess when you recall an injustice or something that somebody did to you is a sure sign of bitterness. Y'all know people that just start up mess. Mess starters. Just start up mess. Proverbs 17 and 14. The beginning of strife is as when one let it out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. Let it out water. The beginning of strife. That means you'll never get it back. Once you start it, it goes out like water. gets everything wet. There's no way to fix it. That's strife. That's strife. If you get a funny feeling in the pit of your stomach or your mood changes when a situation or person comes to mind, then you are harboring bitterness and need to release it. 
Simple, simple test. You get a funny feeling in the pit of your stomach when a certain name is called. I know people, when, I, when I'm talking to them and I say, yeah, your father. Yeah. Harboring bitterness. Somebody did something to him. A lot of you, it's your old pastor. It's your old pastor. Didn't understand and have the empathy that I have now for pastors until I started becoming one. Now I realize, man, it's a bunch of people. So sometimes you're going to say the wrong thing to one. You're going to do something that somebody's not going to understand and all that's going to happen. You got to give pastors grace. It's a lot of people. And most of the time, the way you treat the pastor, you're treating them that way because you're mad at somebody. Yeah, you haven't forgiven your own father. So anyone that comes into that position, you operate in unforgiveness toward them. That funny feeling in the pit of your stomach or your mood changes, your smile turns to a frown when you're reminded of a situation or reminded of a certain person. That means you are harboring bitterness. Matthew 6 and 15, but if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive yours. Do I need to read that again? If you forgive not men their trespasses, which means that they sinned against you, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Next week I'm doing a whole message on forgiveness. I'll show you how to do it, Okay. Subconscious strife. And this is strife caused and people don't even know they're causing strife. And then when you try to go tell them, hey, you're causing strife, they get defensive and ready to, hey, what, me? No, man, no. Because see, they're, they're, they're proud. They have to carry a certain kind of pride because of the wrath. <coughs> to cover up the wrath or to cover up what happened to them in the past. To, to, to equalize the situation or level the playing field, they carry pride so they can feel equal to everyone else even though internally they feel less than because they didn't get that approval and affirmation when they were young. Does that make sense? And so they carry strife and you can't help them. You try to go to them and talk to them, you can't help them. Strife carriers. A bitter person dwells in a negative environment. In the absence of God's grace and mercy, such a person will unknowingly, subconsciously, surround themselves with negative people, opinions, and distractions. Hebrews 12 and 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no one be like a bitter root springing up, like that tree, that picture of that tree, and causing trouble. And through him, many become what? Through the bitterness of one person, their branches reach out and begin to defile many. The Bible says, see to it that no one does this. And be like a bitter root. A bitter person usually seeks to escape a situation. When they are challenged to deal with themselves. Amen. When challenged, they seek to find shortcomings in others. Which stirs up strife. So when you start getting near their issue. They're going to try to find something wrong with you. See, brother, when you talk, your words just, you just do this and that, and it just don't sound right, and I'm sorry, I just have to say something. See, you're mad because I brought up your issue, and I made you uncomfortable. Most folks are in love with their issue. They protect it more than they protect their own family. Yeah, so when you get to 
messing around with them like you're going to try to help them? Mm -mm. They start finding things wrong with you. No, 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 brother. What about this? And what about that? Like, hey, man, I was just trying to help you. They seek to find shortcomings in others, which stirs up strife. Proverbs 15 and 18. A quick-tempered person does what? (laughs) Stirs up dissension. But one who is slow to anger does what? A person with quick temper just stirs up mess. We talked about that man, didn't we? Get mad and set everybody on fire. And then trying to put everybody out later, but you didn't burn them all. That's a quick tempered person. But one who is slow to anger takes his time. He can put that fire out. Well, the fire would never start. Grace and mercy repels bitterness. But when you have harbored it for so long... It feels that you are being repelled. Now let me explain this. Grace and mercy repels bitterness. But when you have harbored bitterness for so long, it makes it feel that you are the one that are being repelled. Bitterness can be so deep down in you until if someone is up preaching against what has happened to you, you feel attacked. Right, right. We get that a lot in here. Mm-hmm. A lot. We have a lot of people that come for a few weeks and they don't ever come back. We have some people that come for a year and they leave because they feel like they are being attacked. Because the word is going against their situation. Right? And so grace and mercy will repel that bitterness. But if you have that bitterness so deeply rooted in you, a lot of times you'll feel like, it's a personal attack or someone is attacking you or someone is making you look bad. Okay? Then when you get that train of thought, you automatically assume that I think I'm better than you. Yeah. That me and my wife, we think we're better. Then you have to flip it in your mind to say, well, our situation is different than yours and our situation is ideal and yours is less than ideal. So you can't take advice from us because we don't understand your situation. Am I making sense in here? Oh yeah, yeah, this is what folks think. Yeah. Then yeah. you have to find somebody in here that thinks that way too. So every Sunday you just go to somebody, how you doing, sister, for the first time or whatever, and pastor showing in priest, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, now you know, now you know, they, you yeah, because you're trying to collectively gather some people. Is this making sense to you? Yeah. yeah, that's how it happens. All because you got your feelings hurt because you felt personally attacked. But it wasn't a personal attack. It's grace and mercy that you're in here hearing a word where all you have to do is go out and change it. I would be doing you an injustice if I got up here and preached miracle season, harvest breakthrough in favor every Sunday. And not deal with your foolishness. And my foolishness. Right. And all of our fu- foolishness. I don't like that kind of church. That's a motivational speaking. I mean, I don't need that. I watch that on YouTube. If you can tell me a better way to do this so that I can have peace in my house, then I'm going to listen. Amen. And I'm not going to take it personally. Man, he just always attacking. 
No, you just won't get it right. That's right. You're in the line of fire. Won't you get out of the line of fire? Won't you deal with yourself? You're 50 years old and still dumb. Won't you deal with yourself? That's true. Blaming people. Oh, I'm leaving that church. And you're going to go somewhere where all they're talking is happy-go-lucky stuff. I mean, that's some foolishness. Right. Then your kid's crazy. Right. Amen. 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 This causes seditions and variances among people. Remember I told y'all what that is. Seditions are actually parties where people get together and talk against the leadership of a church. <laughs> And they invite people over and they find all the negative stuff. First, it starts out positive. It starts out nice. Then they start interjecting little negative things here and there. Then they start making people feel that they're, you're a little out of touch with the pastor and his wife. So, you know, we can kind of help you and we can speak for them. We can kind of bridge the gap of understanding. Amen. Now, we got kids in here that hear this message and understand me. Yes, yes. I somebody tell me that. They're like, brother, yes. Yeah, see, I'm, I, I break it down. Break it down do you hear me talking <laughs> it's kids in here that understand this message raise your hand kids if you understand what I'm preaching look at that these kids understand it I have testimonies parents tell me their kids did something changed something because of something they heard in the message and you a big old 20 something year old uh, somebody break it down you need hooked on phonics. Hey man, anybody in there got to speak for me? You see how loud I am? Hey man, I don't need an interpreter. I need that dude from the Mandela. Don't be trying to interpret me, Jack. No, no. You get it in here. You don't have to gather at nobody's house and discuss the message again. Don't need a remix, repeat, so you can add your junk to it. Amen. We all eat together. But that's a sedition. And a variance is when you interject the variance of your opinion. So you take what the pastor or the leader said, and then you interject what you believe with it. And it actually changes what was said, and that person no longer trusts the leadership. Now they got to come to you. They got to have you and the leadership. That's seditions and variances. Paul was dealing with that so bad in his day because he had to deal with the Gnostics teaching what he was teaching and then interjecting the Gnostic gospel into it. And so they would gather in houses and gather in assemblies. Say, yeah, Paul's a great teacher. Oh, man, yeah, I was changed by his ministry. But this little thing that Paul says, I mean, it it, it would have been better if he had said it this way. It would have been better if he, you know, if he was a little more friendly in his approach. Because see, Paul had to correct, not correct himself, he had to defend himself about that very thing. Because people were saying he was too harsh in the way he taught. So he had to tell him, brother, I'm not coming to you harshly. I'm coming to you out of love. Have I become your enemy? Because I'm telling you the truth. 
Am I preaching in here? I know I am. Yeah, so Paul was going through the exact same thing. They were saying, well, see, Paul teaches a good word, but it's so harsh. So I'm going to soften it up a little bit, or I'm going to make it feel a little more home. So matter of fact, the setting that Paul is teaching in, it's just a lot of friction. So so we need to just come to our house. Come to our house, and that way we can all sit around, and I can just kind of break bread together, and we can discuss it on a more, you know, uh, 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 kinder level. That's a sedition. Bitter people fight against those that desire to help them deal with their issues. The ones that hold the solution to their issues are the ones they fight against and avoid. Did you hear that? (laughs) That's why they can't ever get help. Because the very ones that they're fighting and avoiding are the ones that hold the solution to their issues. The very one. They were ostracizing him they were dogging Paul out they were even going behind him preaching like him and taking the credit repeating his words adding their own words causing a variance and he was the one that held the solution to their problems they could have been fixed if they had adhered to Paul's letters Proverbs 26 and 11 as coals are to burning coals and wood to fire. So is a contentious man to kindle strife. Did you hear what I just said? That man is such a deep. What happens when you put a piece of coal next to a burning coal? What does it do? Takes time. Takes time. Hang out with who you want to hang out with, spend time, do whatever. But when you start hanging out with a contentious person that causes strife you're going to be a piece of coal right now you alright you still black but over time you're going to get a little ashy and you're going to start getting a little hot then you're going to catch fire you're going to argue with the scripture wood yeah throw, throw wood in a fireplace Soon as it gets in there, it's not gonna it's not gonna light up. But over time, stay around that fire, what's gonna happen to that wood? <laughs> Summary! People that are bitter make decisions based on their negative outlook. In most cases, they will indirectly add stress factors to make their situation more and more negative. Indirectly add stress factors. Factors. You ever known somebody like that? Your situation is jacked up. Why did you go do that? They have unwanted children. Abused substances. Divorce. Sleep around. Severely alter their appearance. Break the law. Murder. These things put them in a worse position than before. And only adds to their bitter feelings. Mm -hmm. A bitter person makes bad decisions. Messes their situation up. And become more bitter. This causes them to blame the original situation that made them bitter and hate the culprit even more. So if they're angry at their father, now they have messed their situation up so bad, they're reflecting back and they hate their father even more. You was making dumb decisions because you were bitter, but you're blaming that on the original situation that made you bitter. Is that making sense? And deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole you go. When people harbor bitterness, they expect others to do what? 
make the first move toward reconciliation. This is the thing that aggravate, aggravates me most, Elder. This thing aggravates me like crazy. I'm talking to someone. I'm like, hey, you need to go get this right. Well, he, 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 should, say, he, should, he should come to me. Then it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. That bitterness. When you harbor it, you want the person that you're bitter toward to make the first move. <laughs> you know what the Bible said? Said in Matthew, how dare you go to law against your brother? It said, can't this matter be settled in the church? Then it says, and I love this, it says, again, how dare you go to law against your brother? Can't you just be wrong? Can't you just take wrong? It don't have to go, it don't have to go before anybody if you just take wrong. Why can't you be wrong? What is wrong with you? What happened to you where you have to be right? You can't just be wrong. My bad, I'm wrong. Even if you're not wrong, I'm going to settle this. I'm just wrong. Because I don't want to argue. I don't want bitterness. I don't, I'm wrong. I'm ready to move on. Instead of waiting on the person. I'm, I'm holding out. It's just a standoff. Nobody in the house talking. You or your hub, just a standoff. Walk, look at each other. I'm not saying nothing to him until he says something to me. I'm not saying nothing to her until she says why can't you just say, you know what? I'll take wrong here for the sake of my relationship. Right. So my kids won't be any crazier than they already are. <laughs> Good gracious. If they were hurt, they will continue to think about the grievance until it consumes their present existence. Some folks are jacked up now because of something that happened 20 years ago. And they can't stop thinking about it. Watching a movie and just break down crying. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Man, I need you to get deliverance. Can you let that go? Can you forgive your father every time you see a father and a son? Watch the Goofy movie. That's a cartoon, man. Yeah, but he got his daddy. Man, I need you to move on. You got kids. You have children. Can you be there for your children? But bitterness cannot be removed until what? Wrath is resolved. And the spirit of wrath can only be broken by what? True forgiveness. You know what the devil wants to do? Repeat himself. He wants to repeat. That's all he wants. So he wants you mad at your daddy. Because your daddy was mad at his daddy and that's why he wasn't a good father. Right. He wants you to be mad at your daddy because your daddy wasn't a good father. Now you mad at your daddy and you can't be a good father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just wants a cycle. He just wants it to repeat itself. Yeah, That's what God sent you right here, the ABC, so you can get past that and be a good father to your children. That's why you're here. God wants you to be able to do what your father couldn't do. For whatever reason. You don't know what he went through. You never know what people went through. And if any of your, you know, most of your, your mamas and daddies, if you're baby boomers children like I am around my age, your mamas and daddies ain't going to tell you nothing that went on in their house when they were young. You'll never know. Lips are sealed, Jack. 
They don't talk about it. They, they make it like everything was perfect and everything was all right in gravy. And your mama might, might have to fight off her own brothers over in the night. You don't even know. And then you wonder why she's like that or he's like that or why he did this or that. And you all mad and upset and you don't even know what they went through. But the worst part of that is look what you're doing to yourself and your children. Forgiveness comes from grace and mercy. And these are gifts of the spirit of God. Prophet Isaiah said, behold, for peace I had great bitterness. But thou hast in love to my soul delivered it. From the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Took my bitterness. And because you love my soul so much, you delivered me from it. That's what God wants to do for you right now. Deliver you from bitterness. Change your life. Your decisions will be different. You'll look at your children differently. You'll look at those that you are angry with differently. And you'll forgive if you can let go of bitterness. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.